a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your guest host, Lee Lonsberry. You heard in the news there that tonight KSL will be hosting an opioid town hall at the Rose Wagner Theater. It'll take place at 6 p.m., and it's uh, going to cover some real important information. Uh, on the line, we have with us right now Gary Edwards. Uh, Mr. Edwards is the executive director of the Salt Lake County Health Department. He uh, recently has been instrumental in securing uh, some grant monies to help combat uh, the opioid challenges here in uh, Salt Lake County. Mr. Edwards, how are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. Uh, I'm grateful to you for taking a moment to, to speak with us. Will you please uh, describe to us what this what this grant is and what it will allow you to accomplish? Of course. Um, this is a grant from the Department of Justice. Um, and typically in public health, we don't uh, get funding through the Department of Justice, but uh, they, they reached out specifically to areas in the country where public health, public safety, and behavioral health can come together to better address the opioid crisis and other emerging drug threats. Um, we're, we're fortunate that uh, we are one of just six communities that were named to receive this $600,000 grant over the next two years. What will these uh, monies allow you to do? How will you put them to, to serve the community? The primary focus is for us to um, use the dollars to coordinate across at least those three entities, public health, public safety, and behavioral health, to develop methods where we can collectively and individually gather what we're calling near real-time data. You know, very often we, we have to wait for months, years sometimes to get data that we're responding to. We're going to collect near real-time data um, and then develop methods uh, across, again, those agencies and others um, to develop rapid responses to challenges that we see related to substance use. What does that mean to individual sufferers of these types of addictions or their family members? What resources will be available to them or where can they turn? Well, the resources um, are not for, for treatment, but the resources are for better collaboration to identify areas of need. So if we found that, um, that a certain, excuse me, a certain population, um, a certain age or a certain geographic area was seeing an increase in, in drug overdose, um, EMS calls, drug overdose deaths, um, whatever it might be, that we work within that community to try and address the problem as, as close to where the problem is as possible, rather than just a shotgun approach. Uh, Utah historically has been ranked fairly high in terms of overdose deaths, and yet uh, recently, in recent years, uh, our, our position has been improving. Fewer uh, Utahns are dying from overdose deaths. Uh, to what do you attribute those, those improving numbers, sir? Well, that's a great question, and I, I think that that 
actually is part of the reason we were funded is because we have been able to show that things such as uh, the effective media campaigns that have taken place, whether it's Stop the Opidemic, um, and I can't think of the other one right now, um, have, have brought attention to the issue. Um, and then there have been a lot of efforts over the past couple of years in getting um, naloxone um, available uh, to families who uh, may have a family member uh, that struggles with opiate addiction. Naloxone, describe that, Cyrus. What, what is that? Yes, naloxone is a is a uh, an overdose reversal drug. Can be given to an individual when they're in overdose, and it reverses the overdose. Understood. Uh, there were six communities across the nation. What were the what were the common characteristics of those six communities? You, you talked about the improving numbers or the, the the improvement of the the situation here in terms of overdose deaths in Utah. We, is that the case in these other communities? And, and are you aware of of where these other cities are? No, I I have not been made aware of who the other uh, communities are. Understood. Uh, well, what is next? What other efforts are, are being done, sir, to, to improve this and to, to continue the good work that we're seeing here in Utah? Well, we're beginning today with a meeting of the various uh, entities that will be actively involved and beginning today collecting that near real-time data so that we can get uh, get this ball rolling just as quickly as possible. Tell me more about this near real-time. It sounds high-tech and fascinating, but I, I don't quite yet understand it. No, uh, it's it's not high tech. It's just that very often because of um, needs to protect um, identity, um, it is hard to move data from one uh, from public health to public safety. And so this will allow us to develop mechanisms where we can do that while we're still protecting individuals identity. Um, many times we're not so interested in who the individual is as where they might be located, what their circumstances are, what their demographics are, so that we can focus our efforts um, in those populations. Outstanding. Uh, well, sir, I'm grateful to you for your work on, on this front and on other fronts. Uh, are there, you mentioned that this, that these monies will not be used for, for treatment or anything, but are there any resources which you are aware or which the county supports, sir, where, where we might be able to, to send uh, families or sufferers from these uh, afflictions? Yes, uh, Salt Lake County Behavioral Health Services, one of the agencies that will be working closely with us, contracts uh, with numerous um, private providers around Salt Lake County to provide treatment services to individuals who qualify for those. Outstanding. And how do folks find out more information about that? Um, I would, I, I'm sorry, I don't have a phone number for them handy right now. But it's okay. Um, just um, on the Salt Lake County website, it's the Division of Behavioral Health Services. Very good. Outstanding. Anything, sir, on this that I, that I haven't asked you, which I should have? No, I think you've... Uh, Ask the great, uh, great questions. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mr. Edwards. That's the executive director of the Salt Lake County Health Department. Uh, he and the department just having secured a, uh, a rather exclusive grant to help uh, face or help combat, rather, the opioid uh, challenges that are uh, facing our community. And Mr. Edwards, uh, again, grateful to you for your time here on the air. Uh, I, I want to uh, pivot uh, real hard here for a second and tell you that I have 
in my uh, in my quest to track down a driver, uh, a driver, a demolition derby driver who can talk to us about tactics and uh, the rules. I have tracked one down. And uh, later on in the program, uh, we're going to talk to to these two folks, in fact, who I've tracked down. We'll talk to them then. I'm excited for that conversation. I'm also excited for the conversation we're going to have next up after the break. Uh, You remember Jenny Taylor. She is the the widow of Major Brent Taylor, who died in the service of your country uh, while fighting in Afghanistan. Uh, She, the mother of seven children, uh, has been the picture of grace and power and strength in the face of unfathomable loss. Uh, she is also involved in a number of efforts. She's involved in the Gold Star uh, family's uh, community, and she's been doing great work for them. Uh, she also brings to my attention another effort which her husband spearheaded uh, some years ago before uh, he passed away uh, in Weber County, and it's to take another look at the way that Weber County is constructed. We're going to look at uh, the, the commissioners. Should it be a, a commission of three uh, that runs the, the county of Weber? Well, Mrs. Taylor is going to tell us about an effort to to study uh, what might be a different way of doing things. Uh, later on in the program, we're also going to talk uh, about this Walmart memo. I'm going to read it to you in its entirety uh, because it contains a lot of information uh, which is going to make you scratch your head or it might make you uh, stand up and cheer. Uh, the, the, resi- the reactions have been very mixed on this, and I think that uh, that it is worthy of being heard in its entirety uh, so we know just the, the thinking behind the CEO of Walmart, Doug uh, McMillan. Again, what I'm talking about is Walmart there uh, very basically getting out of the business of handgun ammunition and uh, and rifle ammunition chambered in 223 and uh, 506. They've also made uh, a call, uh, a request rather, of patrons uh, not to open carry their firearms uh, when patronizing their stores. So we'll get into that later on. Next up after the break, we're going to talk to Jenny Taylor. You're listening to Inside Sources. I'm your guest host, Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.